Welcome to Teen Wealth Radio, a show just for teens, their parents, and educators to come together and discuss the issues that are affecting our youth today. Your host is Brandy England. Brandy is joined each week by amazing guests, as well as a regular panel of co-hosts who are here to give you ideas and encouragement every step of the way. We also have plenty of other surprises on today's show. So let's get started. Here's your host, Brandy England. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome back. It is officially Brandy England. I know Rebecca's been on for a while because work has been very crazy and busy, but I am back and I'm happy to be here. And I'm even more excited because our guest today is a doctor and she's got the most incredible personality. She's so bubbly. She's a ton of fun. She's a serial entrepreneur, which means she's a CEO of multiple dental practices, private coach to many other professionals, and just a really cool lady. So I'm really excited to welcome Dr. Emily Latran onto our show today. Welcome, Emily. Oh, thank you so much. It's absolutely an honor uh, to be joined by you. Thank you so much for creating this platform where we can share some insights with our younger people and our, you know, colleagues, our parents, so we can just make life a little bit better for everybody. I love it. Thank you so much for, you know, spending your time and volunteering your time to be with us as well. Do you prefer Dr. Emily, Dr. Latran? What's your favorite way to be called? Well, Dr. Emily is good. I am, I also answer to, uh, you know, but uh, probably not on radio. Good, I love it. So <laughs> you have done so many incredible things in your life. You've been an international speaker. You've been on TEDx stages. You've worked with people on stages like Sharon Lecter, who co-authored Rich Dad, Poor Dad, one of the books that I think everybody that's ever read anything about business knows. You've done a ton of really cool things in your life. You founded exceptional leveraging, like all of these different things where I want to really start back to the very beginning before we talk about all of your incredible accomplishments um, and just get to know who you were as a kid. Where did you grow up? What was life like when you were younger? And did you always want to be an entrepreneur? Well, thank you for, uh, for asking that. You know, I was actually born in Vietnam uh, back in the late 60s. So I know we got a lot of younger people. Um, they probably learned about the Vietnam War somewhere in the high school. Well, I was actually born during the war and uh, both of my parents were philosophy teachers. Uh, we actually live in Saigon, which is the little quote unquote capital of South Vietnam. Uh, that's the part that is friendly to the US. And um, so I grew up with my mom, my dad and my cousins and my aunts because it's very common in Asia to have an extended family. So we were in a four story home and basically each family just take a floor, right? And we eat dinner together, we eat lunch together, we celebrate things together. In 1975 is when the Vietnam War ended. So the Americans left and the communists came in and took over. And that just began a series of dark days because um, big brothers were, were watching over us. And when you see movies and you see people standing in line to buy food, to get supply, that's exactly how life was. I was one of those kids. I stood in line for my family. You have a little, a little notebook and you get in line and they check off how many people are in your family. So you could buy this much food. Um, it could be old rice. It could be stale bread. It could be moldy noodles. And uh, life went on for several years like that. In, in one year after the communists took over, my mother actually passed away due to cancer. So I was, I was eight years old. And then a couple of years after that, Vietnam was going to go to war again um, with China in the north and Cambodia in the west. 
And you, you have to kind of understand Vietnam is a tiny little country in Southeast Asia. We've been fighting the Chinese for thousands of years. And then we were fighting the French for like 100 years. And then the Americans came in for 20, 25 years. So war wasn't, war wasn't something new. But, you know, here we go again. They were drafting all the young men to go to war. And at this time, my aunt decided to leave the country. Um, she was going to take her two kids, my older brother, two guy cousins to escape because they didn't, she didn't want them to be drafted to go to another war. Because during the war, all the, all the male, um, you know, if you're, if you're not going to college, you're enlisted, right? There, there was no choice. So I'm a girl. I, I wasn't going to be drafted. But my dad told me that you're the biggest girl in the family. You have to go help your aunt. So I left the country with my aunt. Um, I left my dad and two younger siblings behind. I was 13 years old. And um, I never saw him again. Because he passed away several years after that due to cancer. And the two countries, Vietnam and the United States, back in the uh, um, late 90s, I mean, early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, um, there was no formal relation. So there was no way to go back and visit him. So we were in this wave of people. If you were to look up, it's called the boat people. These are all the Vietnamese who escaped from communist Vietnam. Uh, we, our group escaped on a boat. So we were on the ocean for seven days. The first two days with food and the next five days just, just with sips of water. We ended up in a Malaysian refugee camp. We stayed there for several months. We applied um, to be relocated and we were accepted to come to the United States. Um, this is why you see now, you see Vietnamese sort of all over the world because when we escape from the country, we end up in refugee camp and we could be in Hong Kong, Malaysia, Thailand. Then um, we got accepted by these different countries who took us in as refugees. And that's how all the Vietnamese end up in all different parts of the world. And nowadays, whenever I watch TV and, and, I, and, I, and I see stories and pictures of refugees on TV, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't help myself thinking that that's probably how the world was looking at us, right? Back then, because we were in the refugee camp. We were living in tent. We were living in makeshift shelter. And, and I was very lucky because I was old enough to, to know what was going on, but I, I was young enough where I wasn't worried, right? My, I, I'm sure my aunt was dead worried. Where do we go from here? What the future would be like? But for me, it was, yes, we're away from home. Hopefully I'm gonna see my dad again. Um, but there was, I, I didn't know enough to worry. And I think that's a blessing sometimes when, when we're young, when we don't know what to expect and then we don't worry. So. I came to the United States when I was 13. Uh, we were in the refugee camp for several months. And when I came, it's really for us, it was just the clothes on our back. And we got welfare, we got food stamp, we got housing. I'm very blessed to be in this country as a true country of opportunities because if you put your mind to it, if you put work in there, there's plenty of opportunities for all of us. So I started going to school, learn English. Because at the beginning, I would go to class and it would be like, I don't know what these people are talking about because I couldn't understand anything. 
I was told that if I want to learn English fast, I should watch the news because newscast, uh, newscasters speak very clearly. So, I mean, I spent hours every day trying to watch the news. couldn't understand anything. But at least I was picking up, you know, the pronunciation, trying to make sure that I say certain words correctly. I mean, to this day, I still say my enunciation is wrong and I got corrected by my kids all the time. Um, but I learned, I learned English. I would stay up every night to translate English to Vietnamese so I could understand what was being taught to me. Uh, but I was very driven because I knew that we were starting at the bottom, right? At lunchtime in high school, I would be in line to, to get my free lunch and I would see the other kids. They take off in the car. They go to, I don't know, In-N-Out Burger. They, they go to other places to eat better food. And, and you know, and you know how kids are. It's like about food and fun. Um, I, I remember still wondering how our, how a hamburger in those stores would taste like. Um, and I was delivering newspaper. Obviously, nobody does that anymore. But this is back in the day where you go from house to house and you drop out the newspaper on their porch. And we would do that early in the morning, waking up at six, deliver newspaper around six something, and then go home, get ready for school and then bike to school. And I did that for several years. So I learned the, the value of hard work. I learned that it's a land of opportunity. And, and I was very driven because I know I started from the bottom. And there's only one way to go, which is up. And I was very blessed to, to have received, you know, help from, you know, just from all those things that, that I told you, housing and, and welfare to going to school. I got, I got scholarship to go to, um, to college, both to undergrad and then to professional school. And I chose healthcare because I believe that, um, first of all, with job security, you know, because a lot, my aunt was telling us, you know, you got to get into healthcare because every, you, you can always find a job, right? So that was one of the reasons why I pick healthcare. The, the other thing is, um, you know, you get a chance to serve, to help people. And I, as I'm practicing as a dentist, so I'm, I'm in my 28, almost 29 years as a dentist. Um, the biggest gift is to be able to develop relationship with those that we serve and um, to be able to, to, to serve really generations of people uh, because I have patients who stay with me for more than 24 years. Wow. You're, I literally had, I was almost holding my breath through all of that. Your story is, is um, wow, incredible. Do, have you written a book about your life? Uh, <laughs> do you have one that we can buy? <laughs> Because that, I mean, the things that you just shared, you, you're such, you, you've been through so much adversity and you're, you seem like a person that sees the silver lining in everything. And you have this incredibly positive, positive light. Do you have a book about your life or do you need me to help write it? <laughs> I, I actually do have a book about my life. And, and, and it was funny. Uh, I, we were in a mastermind group and the mastermind is, is, is a group of two people, usually business people. We get together to help each other grow. And somebody was asking, was asking, you know, each, each of us to talk about our life. And I, and I started telling them my story and everybody was crying. And they all told me that I needed to write a book. And uh, because, you know, it, it's, it's funny because I thought everybody knew the story. I mean, all the Vietnamese who came to this country from the late seventies to the early nineties, we, we all been a refugee. In fact, what I used to uh, 
to, to say when I meet people, you know, like Vietnamese, it would be, when did you come? And when they told me the year, I would say, which camp were you in? Right? <laughs> because there was no other way to get, you know, to come to this country. And um, so they were all encouraging me to write a book. I, I, I wrote a book. It's a very short read. It's called From Refugee to Renaissance Woman. And um, yeah, I would love it. You guys can go on Amazon and check it out. It really is a, is a short story, meaning the book is not very long. Um, but I, I gave some of the details. I gave some of the insight from when I was growing up all the way until, you know, I'm here and I'm proud to serve and, and I'm proud to be um, a, good, a good citizen in, in this country. Thank you. I actually, while you were just mentioning that, I went to your website, dremilyletran.com, and I saw that you have several books that you've written. So I may be uh, one of your biggest fans now because I, I, I'm going to go read them all. <laughs> I, I just love, uh, I love that. I love what you wrote from refugee to renaissance woman. I love that so much. That's, that's incredible. I can't imagine losing my parents, um, both parents to cancer before 13. I mean, that must have been a really hard time and the adversity that you have gone through in your life has, do you feel like that's made you a better entrepreneur, a better mother, a better person, or did it, you know, sometimes they say sticks and stones may break my bones and all these things. Like what, what do you feel developed you into the human being that we know today, this lovely, cheerful, glass half full, hardworking person that went through all of this? Was it the adversity or what was it that made you, you know, the happy, lovely lady you are? Well, thank you. Thank you for that compliment. I think, I think a lot of time um, it's the values that our parents teach us, right? And that help us grow into an adult that we are. Um, you know, both of my parents were, they were teachers. So they're always teaching us respect. They're always teaching us love. Um, like I said, we live in an extended family, so it's always caring for the family. And that's one of the reasons um, I think being in a profession where I could serve and I could care for families, it resonated with me. Um, the, the, the fact that I left the parent, um, I lost both of my parents, it made me into the mother I am today. And by the way, I'm claiming to be the best mom in the world because, because I already claimed it. But, you know, it's, it, it's about trying to be there as much as you can for your kids, right? Because my parents didn't have a choice. Obviously, my mom passed away and my dad, he, he just had to let me go because he knew, he didn't explain it to me, but he knew I have a better future if I made it to the escape because there were a lot of people who actually lost their lives on the ocean. If you weren't lucky enough, if you got into stormy weather, sometimes you, get, you got killed by pirates because there were, uh, Thai pirate, if you cross the uh, the Gulf of Thailand. Um, so that's why we went the other way. We went to the Philippines. But, I mean, he basically, he sacrificed being a dad, right? Because you have to let your kid go, knowing that you may or may not see the kid again. And in this case, I, you know, we never got to see each other again. But as a mom, I cherished the time with the kids. And I get really frustrated when people say they're too busy, right? I'm too yeah. busy at work and I got this and that to do. And, and, they, and they don't prioritize the time to be there for the kids, for the families. 
because ultimately it's all about the relationship, right? Your, your family relationship, your relationship with your friends, your relationship with the people around you. Um, that's going to make you who you are. And so I think, I think those adversity make me value certain core values even more. And I kind of preach about it. And I make sure my kids understand um, the value of that. I tell you something funny. Um, when, so I have three children. And when the youngest one turned 13, he said, I'm so happy I turned 13. And I, and I said, well, what do you mean, right? You know, like 12, 13. And he said, we now no longer have to hear you say, when I came here to this country at 13 years old, I did this and this and this. Right? Oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, that's so and, good. <laughs> and his brother and sister were cheering him on. And I'm just looking at them like, what? You know? But you know how I'm we sure are. you have more when I was 14 and when I was 15 because you've accomplished so much. So tell them too bad you're not out of the <laughs> but you but you know, like it's a little milestone, right? And and you like if they complain about something, you would say, you know, when I was 13, I came to this country, I didn't have this and this, and now you're complaining about this and this. But I thought it was really funny. But then at the same time, I tell people, I'm really glad because. That means that I probably brainwashed them pretty well, you know, because <laughs> if, if, if they remember, okay, she said this and this and this, because those are the values that they will take on in their lives, yeah. right? And, yeah. and, and because sometimes sometime we have to take every opportunity to, to teach our younger children um, or students and, and sometimes we teach it through stories. So for me, it was referencing the story. Or maybe I tell them what my dad used to do, right? What my mom used to do, even though they never have a chance to meet them. They, they met my husband's um, parents, but they never had a chance to, to meet my own parents. But they see pictures. And, and, you know, they see pictures of my dad teaching class. Um, there's a very famous comedian, MC, a Vietnamese guy, in the Vietnamese community in, in Orange County, California. And it was funny, one time he posts on Facebook a picture of him and his classmates. And lo and behold, right in the middle of the picture is my dad because he was his teacher. Wow. And I thought that was really awesome because I'm looking and saying, wait a minute, I know this man. <laughs> you know? And, it, and it turned out to be my dad in the picture. So you... You know, you as a parent, as a teacher, you touch so many lives, and the effect is, I think it's it's just long lasting. So take, you know, cherish those moments and and take those teaching moments and those sharing moments, uh, deeply, right? Because it's it's a it's a blessing where we can help lead and change the younger people's lives. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I think you're honestly like the perfect guest for this radio show because you reach everybody on every level you'll reach the kids the teens the parents the teachers literally grandparents anyone because I just I love everything that you've said so far there's not a single thing when I don't have like a smile on my face while you talk and I'm just so grateful that you came on the show we do have to go to a very quick commercial break so I can 
re get my brain back together because your story is just so epic and I can't wait to keep talking to you, but we'll be right back in a couple of minutes uh, with Dr. Emily Latran, everyone. The internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Team Wealth Radio. We are here with Dr. Emily Latran. In the first part of our uh, radio show today, we got to hear a little bit about uh, her life story and growing up. And um, some of the keywords that really resonated with me were time, serving, value, family. Uh, and I just, I love what Emily stands for. And I'm so, so blessed to have her here. Uh, and I'd love to talk about your professional career now, some of the things that you've accomplished. So do we start with dentistry? Is that, was that kind of the, the first thing through college that you did that got you into becoming a businesswoman or, or where, where did your journey begin as a professional? Yeah. So we, we start with dentistry. Um, I went into, I went into dentistry because I wanted to help people. And, um, this is the uninspiring part of the story. I didn't want to be a doctor because I thought I would have to wear that beeper. And this is years ago when there was no cell phone, right? So the way yeah. that they reach you is with the beeper. And I said, I don't want people to be beeping me. So um, but anyway, so I, I got into dentistry and, and very quickly, I just pick up on some business um, management nuggets. It's just from reading magazines, um, reading newsletter, because back then there was no internet. And um, I started following up some of these business gurus and, and picking up on those strategies. And then I started implementing it into, you know, my own, my own business. And, you know, I, I, when I finished school, got married, had three beautiful children, I bought my first dental practice. 
then I bought the second one, then I bought the third one. And I have associate doctors coming in to help me. I have specialists who come in to do what I don't like to do. And I quickly discovered that, you know, you want to work to your strength, right? You, instead of trying to, quote, improve on your weakness, sometimes it's easier to just get somebody else to do it for you. And it's kind of a little mantra that I do, you know, in business. I, I'm looking for the faster way, the better way, and a way that is more fun, right? Like well, I can enjoy. When we when we hiring people, I could be interviewing somebody, and as the person walk out, we would look at each other, me and the staff, and we would say, "Nope, she's too serious," right? Because we need we need somebody with a, a sense of humor, um, to be flexible, right? To be able to to laugh at your mistake and joke about things. I have funny signs in my office. A patient would come in, they would take pictures of the sign. So for example, um, there's a sign that say, I can only please one person a day. Today's not your day. Tomorrow doesn't look good either. And so people would look at it and they would laugh, right? Now, or, or they would complain like, what, are you, are you a really tough person? And, and you know, you can kind of tell who, what kind of patient this is, right? If they, if they can't laugh at that sign, they probably are too serious. But then at the same time, what happened is then the patients come in and it get them to a, to a more relaxed mode. Because this office looks, looks, you know, they got these funny signs. They have the staff that are family friendly and they get the patient to be more receptive to us. And from, from that and growing the business, um, while I have three kids, sometimes each one of them go to a different school. So, I would go in the morning, drop them off at school, go to work, work from nine to two. Then I take two hours off, uh, pick up lunch along the way, go pick up the kids, take them to the babysitter. Or when they were older, sometimes they went to work with me. I would go back to work and work from four to six and then go pick them up again. And then we would go home. And on Sunday, I usually cook a couple of meals and it would last us, you know, several meals into the week. So after doing that for so many years, and sometimes I'm hearing other people complaining that, you know, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. And, and they try to do everything themselves. Like I said, they, they're not working toward their strength. They try, to, they try to improve on their weakness and they get frustrated. I can see that I can share some of that knowledge, right? These are things that I've done myself uh, from ro- running multiple businesses so that's where the, the coaching, consulting journey began. And just like before, I'm, I'm a student. So I was very lucky to, um, to learn from some business gurus, from marketing, empowerment, personal development, Sharon Lecter, Brendan Bouchard. Um, and that, actually, that's where we met, right? In one of those groups where we were learning from one of these uh, business gurus. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. So, so that's how I sort of transitioned a little bit into coaching and consulting. And to be real honest, I was getting ready um, to be an empty nester because I know one of these days, these little people are going to leave me, right? And guess what? Today is actually the first day that I'm an empty nester. Oh, wow. Yep. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Well, congratulations. That must be exciting. <laughs> I, I, I got up this morning and I test, I text my three kids. The oldest one's in dental school, the middle one's in pharmacy school, and the youngest one just moved into the dorm on Friday as an um, English major. He's in his second, his second year. So they were supposed to leave last year, but, you know, COVID happened and that was a 
as far as I'm concerned, that was a big blessing because all the kids were still at home with me. So this morning I text them and I said, good morning, babies. Nobody's going to text today. When is mom going to be home? <laughs> because I get that text like almost every day, <laughs> even when they can cook their own food. So, um, yeah, so that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do the coaching consulting, because I know that I need to fill up my time with something, um, something that would be helpful to other people. Absolutely. And, and through your coaching and consulting, you've done a lot of speaking on stages, right? Including a TEDx talk. Is that correct? Yes, I, w- I was very blessed to, to be invited on a TEDx talk. And um, the, the topic was what if. And I thought it was a great topic because I, I started questioning the audience. Um, what if you weren't afraid? What would you do, right? What if you can set the biggest, most ambitious goal? What would it be? And what if today is the last day of your life? What, I love that. How, how, how do you want people to remember you? And I yeah. know sometimes with a younger audience, that, that doesn't sound very good. But here's the thing. If you live your life every day trying to be your best self, right? Whatever your best self is, because everybody should, should always be working on being their best self. But if you live your life every day doing the best that you can, um, you're visiting your parents as much as you can, you share with your friends as much as you can, you know, you be a great student as a parent, you know, you're a good citizen, you be there for your kids. If today is the last day of your life, you probably are going to be okay because you know that every day you already give 100%. I love that. Um, I, you're, you're going back to reminding me of, of values, which is something that you said that word a lot in our first segment. Do you feel like people's values have changed as time has moved moved on? Like, do you, when you look around at people these days and different generations, do you feel like values have shifted from when you were maybe younger and first came to the States, what people's priorities were in their values? Do you feel like that's different or people still inherently have the same values? I know that's a big question. (laughs) Yeah, it is a very big question, but I think, you know, honestly, I think the values, if if we can just kind of call it the values in humanity, I, I think it's the same, right? It's the same in the sense that you know, the relationship, right? Relationship is still important. I don't care if you text or you call. It's still relationship. Um, that, you know, the, the, the touch, the touch, you know, like reach out and touch someone, right? Um, keeping that relationship. Uh, love is, is still a great value. Um, honesty, integrity, uh, service, right? They still, I, I think it's still there. It's just that sometimes in the busyness of life, people forget about it. And, or sometimes maybe they, they don't care about it, yeah. in certain, you know, with certain people. But I, but I think that's why I, that's why I love it so much that you're, you're doing this show and it's for, it's for the students, it's for the parents, it's for the teachers, because those values need to be kept on, that those values need to be reminded. Right. I, I hate it when somebody who's older say, well, young people nowadays don't think whatever X, Y, Z. I want to tell them, but my kids do. Right. And my kids are younger. And it's because I brought those values along. Right. And if you watch, if you think about it, if you watch a movie, even you know, like a new movie nowadays, and, and it seems like it's more about action or whatever it is, 
there's still those core values. A lot of times I still share, oh, you know, in those platforms, maybe you have to look for it. Um, but what I love is a lot of time, because my, my youngest son, he's been to a, a couple of leadership camp, right? Um, he actually overcame bullying at school. Uh, he came very close to thinking about taking his own life. And he actually wrote a book about it. It's called um, Fade Away right, by Austin Wynn. Beautiful. But my point here is one of the recommendations from, from my, my mentor, Sharon Lecter, was, you know what, put him in those situations, ask the school to put him in, this, in those roles where he's, he's, he's looked at as a leader, right? So that the people who are bullying him can see him at a different level. Because he was a straight A student, you know, he, he is well loved by a lot of people, except for like these three people, right, who would bully him for several years when nobody's looking. And every time he went through some of those camps, he grew a little bit, right? And actually, when, 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 we, when we leave our kid there for the weekend or for the week, they would say, we promise you we will not give you the same kid back. <laughs> and, 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 and it's true. Because when they have a chance to be together, the, the young teenagers or the young adults, they actually share those values. They share their stories. They laugh together. They cry together, whatever they do. And they do come out as little adults, right? Like they do grow up. So the values are there. You just have to give it a chance to, um, for, for, these, for these people to show them. Right. And that's why I love when, when I see young people, maybe they start a business or maybe they write a blog. Right. Or maybe they they do a video or maybe they write a song because that's where the values come out. And they may not come out and say, well, you know, I value X, Y, and Z, but they will communicate that through those platforms to to show themselves. So. If, if there's parents out there that are listening to this show and they have teens that are being bullied, do you have any advice? Because I love what you just said. Like, that's why Teen Wealth was created. We're a young entrepreneur program for youth that may be struggling with bullying, mental health, et cetera. And we want to show them that they can be leaders. They can build their own confidence. They don't need anybody else to tell them who they are. You know, is there is there any anything that you can share with any other parents that might be listening that may also have kids that are struggling with bullying that you can give them as, as tips or ideas on how you helped your son through his time as well? Well, I think, I think the, the, the first and foremost, as a parent, we need to give our kids time. Uh, I know sometimes they don't want to talk to us, especially when they go through a certain age, like, like my middle son, every day I would ask him, how was your day? Fine. what you learn today? Nothing. Right. <laughs> that's the, that's the answer I get. But I would keep on asking, so who do you talk to today? What was the funniest thing that happened to you today? Engage them in a conversation where you actually want to know how their day went. And at some point, they may be open up to you. Because my son, honestly, he did not quite open up to me. He actually, we, I actually took him to a business conference. Um, and the conference has a teen conference. And he was sharing it with the teens. And that's how... I learned about it. Um, and actually he was writing his, you know, he was writing his own book and he told people, I, I'm writing a book on teen suicide. It's about my friend, but everybody could see right through him. And 
And so the first thing is give them the time, right? Give them those opportunities where they can share with other people. I understand the kids can get together and share with themselves. But let's say what I did was I took the kid to a kid conference within a business conference. So the person who ran the conference was directing, right, the discussion to make sure that it's productive. And, and some schools have this because my, at my kid's school, they have that. Um, you know, they would have a whatever a platform or certain hour or whatever where the kids can, can come in and, and share their experience. Um, you know, genuinely watch them grow give them the opportunity to attend certain classes, courses, conferences. The leadership conference that my son went through, they were all free. They were, he was recommended by the school. And, and so, and I'm sure if you were to use the resources that we already have, right? See, that's, sometimes we're so busy. We're, we're looking for something. And then the resource is actually right there. It might be right in the community. It might be right in the school. Look that up, use the resource, and get the support, right? Maybe the kid doesn't want to open to you, but they'll open up to a, a school counselor, whatever, whatever it is. Make sure that he or she feel heard, right? And then he yeah. or she would be open to us. And, and if we can have, because, you know, there's a saying that, you know, you're not, you, you will not be the expert in your own home, right? Or town or village. Sometimes you take an outsider to talk to the kid. Um, it's, it's like it takes a coach to talk to you about your business because you just, you can't talk to yourself about your business. And, and, and be, you know, be on that outlook to, to invest the time. Sometimes it may cost money, whatever it is, because we're trying to build up these young individuals to take our place, right? To, to create a better future. And um, I'm glad that mental health has, been brought up over and over. Uh, sometimes, unfortunately, it's people bring it up after a tragedy, uh, but it's just like physical health. It, it's something that you have to build on. It's like if you go exercise for your physical health, you gotta be reading great books, great material to, to, you know, to open up your mind, to build up your mind. Um, I hate it when I drop a name and the kids would be, who's that? Right. And I think if we can drop a name of somebody in personal development and the kids actually recognize the name, I think it would be so much better than them recognizing, I don't know, a basketball star. <laughs> I think I am so in agreement with you. I just I wish that like Zig Ziglar was a name on every teenager's brain, like those kind yeah, of people. Exactly. I agree. <laughs> right. Right. You know, yeah. you know, um, it, it's funny. I'll share you a quick story. I went back to Vietnam to visit my friends. And these are friends from elementary school. So we actually have kids the same age. So I, I remember vividly, everybody was about to go to college, these kids. And usually when you go back, you bring candy, gift, whatever. I didn't really bring anything. I went back there. I went to a bookstore. And I went and I bought the book, Think and Grow Rich in Vietnamese. And I gave to each one of them. <laughs> and they were upset. They were like, what is this? <laughs> And I said, this is one of the most important books that you could read. And yeah. I even took the time to go buy it for you in Vietnamese. I could buy it in English <laughs> in, the, <laughs> in the States, right? Yeah. And, then we were, and then we were going to this long trip to go to a resort somewhere. And, and they were kind of sitting there bored, you know, with their 
iPod or whatever. And I said, hey, if you guys are bored, you guys should just all read the book. I told you to bring the book along. <laughs> you, know? so, you are the best. I love that you challenge your kids. <laughs> this is great. Right. right? And, and, that's, but, and that's what I mean. It's like, if you say, you know, when I grow up, I, I watched that show or I read that book and it was great. Well, have the kids read it. Right. And, and if they don't make it into a challenge, make it into an assignment. I mean, that's how you get it across. It's, it, it's just like when you go to school and the teacher say you have to do this assignment, you, you, you sort of don't have a choice. Right. So as parents, I think sometimes we need to step down our foot and say, this is I need you to read this. I need you to do this because yeah. that is so much more important than, you know, doing doing something else, because it's it's that's where the mental health need to be nourished and and not there's nothing like reading a classic right something like you mentioned Zig Ziglar there's Napoleon Hill there's Bob Proctor there's a lot of these people that when you read it and you you know the light bulb goes on and you just it just changed your perspective in life and it would it would help the kids and but the kids don't know about those names because they're inundated with some other names Right. So so you just have you you have to be the one introducing it to them. And if you don't recognize the name, then you need to go find those books and read it, too. Totally. You know what? It's so funny, Emily. I don't know if you know, but in, in the last few years, I started two different talent agencies to work with actors and models and things like that. And uh, I've never I never watched TV growing up. We didn't have one in our house. Um, and people were like, what? You've been running mental health nonprofit for so long and now you're starting a talent agency. And I said, yes, because our kids are looking towards the athletes, the actors, the celebrities to, you know, they're following them. And I thought if I can partner with some incredible actors and, and musicians and things like that and represent them and also encourage them to give back through their social media platforms, we could potentially change the world because we're influencing the young people that, you know, need to know about these. So I love that you just said that because that's literally my entire life's mission with my two companies, Teen Wealth and then our talent agency. So I love that you said that. And I'm curious, who are some of your mentors, um, you know, throughout history? history or names that you can share that people should look into and get inspired by, in your opinion? Well, you know, um, growing up back in Vietnam, I, my, my heroine um, was Madame Curie, right? So she was the one that, that discovered um, the x-ray, uranium. And, um, I, and I remember reading the book about her life and that she went through the winter, um, I think she was heating up some bricks and then put sheets over it so that she could keep herself warm. She was in Poland, right? Yeah. Um, and, and then after that, I saw a picture. There's a picture somewhere on the internet of this group of like basically all genius, right? Um, science genius. And there's, there she is, the one woman sitting with all the men. And so I always, I always admired that. And uh, my, what, one of my favorite book is Les Miserables. And because it's, it's a story about struggle and it's also about family love and it's about love in general. So I love that. I love that book. That was the very first book I read when I came to the United States. We had two weeks vacation, right? For Christmas, because we came in August and the first big vacation was Christmas. We had nowhere to go. We don't know anybody. We were home. I got the 
classic edition, <laughs> edition of the book and a big dictionary. And that was my two weeks. I read that book wow. while looking at looking at some words because it was my favorite book, you know. So I wanted to read it in English. And and as I as I grow up, obviously my my mother has always been my um, one of you know my rock, even though she lived with us for a very very short number of years. You know, to this day, there's a Facebook group of their students, and they still talk about my mom and dad. Wow, in a That's very positive, positive way, and that would be I don't know forty some years ago, and. You know, th- these are the legacy that you have to live up to, <laughs> to right? Um, like I mentioned, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, to, to be able to, to collect all those stories and to share with the world. And I don't know how many lives he's changed. Um, all of those people that are in that book, if, if, you know, our audience get a chance to read that book, if you've read it before, read it again. Right, because it really helped you grow as a person. Um, I think your business success is limited by your personal growth. Because if you have a certain mindset, you can only achieve certain things. Right? If yeah. you have a you know, a great mindset and you've learned um, to have the ambition, the right ambition, the will to serve, and you know, knowing that you can make a big difference in the world and you actually use it in a positive way, nobody can stop you. And, and I love it. I've learned in many lectures that the millennials and whichever come after the millennials, they love movement, right? Everything is about the movement. You know, go green, change the earth, protect the earth, that kind of a thing. Yeah. All we need to do is get them onto that movement where they're going to collaborate, where they're going to learn entrepreneurship, where they take things in their own hand, right? Because taking responsibility, whether you're successful, you're not successful, it, it's all you. And yes, you, you reach out for support, you reach out for help, you use resources, and ultimately it's going to be your work. And I think if we can build our younger generation based on those kind of values so they can take those kind of actions, we, we're going to be so lucky that um, they're going to create lives that are much better than what we're doing right now. Absolutely. Do you have a legacy that you want to leave? Is there something that you're focusing on to leave for your legacy? I know you mentioned that about your parents. Yes, you know, I um, I tell people that I want to be a world-famous philanthropist. And uh, my my passion is education. So I want to go build schools. And my, because coming from a third world country, you know, you, you could go to a third world country and the classroom is basically a box with some tables. I mean, literally, that is the, the classroom and chalkboard. Um, the teacher doesn't have a room. They go from room to room. And, you know, the class would have maybe 50 people. And uh, I remember when I was going to school, because there was no light. So when it's raining, and we have to kind of close the window, then the class is, <laughs> the class is dark, right? So you just, you're just sitting there trying to write because we have to, we have to kind of close the window. And so I always want to go back, and I'm not just talking about Vietnam, to, to you know, other countries, third world countries, and build school where you're going to have electricity. Maybe you're going to have AC and you're going to have nice tables and, and things like that. 
And my friends asked me, well, why do you have to be world famous? And I said, because if I'm world famous, then when I ask people for donation, they're going to give money. <laughs> that is the best answer ever. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so, I mean, you want to be an influencer, right? So, so I said, that's the reason why I need to be world famous. But other than that, you know, what I, it, it, I, want, I want people to start where they are. You don't need a big mission, a big cause. If you want to give, just give right where you are. Go give in the community. I tell my dentist friends, you know, people say, well, we want to go do a mission. And I said, well, why do you need to go on a mission? Why don't you just do some free dentistry right in your office? You don't have to go anywhere. I wanted to go on a mission. And for the past so many years, I only managed to go to one um, in Costa Rica. And the reason is I want to go on a mission in the summer so my kids can go with me. And over the year, that was the only one that actually fit into our schedule. Because a lot of time when people go on mission, they go in kind of off season, you know, like in the in October where airfare is cheaper, travel is cheaper. And those are the times when the kids are in school. And I could go on those, but I wanted my kids to be with me. But other people who say, I want to do this, I want to do that. I would say, look at your store, look at your business. What can you do today? Right. If you have a if you have a retail store, maybe pick an hour or two hour where you're going to give big discount say to veterans, right? Or to people of disadvantaged background. And, and that is your give. That is your mission. You don't have to go anywhere. If you could go somewhere, that's great. But I think if your intention is to give, to give back, to pay it forward kind of thing, then you can do it right where you are. I love that. I, I have a couple of quick questions that I want to ask because we we're coming to the end of the show and I wish I could keep you on for about five hours because I just, I think you're incredible. The whole time we've been talking and even before that, I've been going through your website and watching your YouTube channel and uh, I just love your spirit and everything that you say resonates so much. Um, I love it. So I'm just going to ask you a couple little things that kind of popped into my head. They're kind of like quick fire questions. Okay. Uh, if, if, if you had unlimited funds tomorrow, what would you do with it? <laughs> well, um, I think I just alluded to that. I would go and do a bunch of schools. Nice. And in your backyard and abroad, or do you have one place that your like heart really is that you want to help? I would say, um, I would say back home, like home as in Vietnam, um, in the villages. Amazing. And Debbie. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Because what I was describing to you was a classroom in the city. Mm. So the villages is, is even worse. Yeah. Um, and, and so another question, what are some lifestyle choices that you have personally made that are different from those around you? Or maybe there's just one that you can, that you can think of immediately. Is there anything that you do differently than most other people? Well, you know, one of the things that I do, um, I'm a little bit different from a lot of, let's just say uh, a lot of healthcare professionals um, is I really think about leveraging the business. So I reinvest in the business, right? Um, I buy new equipment for the business and it's all about improving the patient, the customer experience, because that's how you grow your business, right? That's how people appreciate, like they appreciate you buy a new, let's say x-ray machine versus you show up with a new car, right? Because the new x-ray machine is going to help 
you know, see more things and and mm-hmm. be more comprehensive for them. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of other professionals, a lot of my friends, they are about big house, uh, fancy vacations, big cars, that kind of a thing. Like I have friends, I you 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 go to their house and then you go to their office and you're thinking, what happened? <laughs> you know, like you have this big, humongous house and then I go to your office and it's you don't take care of your office. If that if that makes any sense. And oh, so, totally. Yeah, and so if you if you think business, then you invest in your business, and and I think that's one of the things that I'm I'm kind of different from some of the other doctors. And I would say the same thing with with any entrepreneur. Um, you invest in what's going to help you grow, and you know, as far as family, yes, take care of the family. Make sure you have one or two really nice vacations. Um, you know, a year. I mean, I remember our first Disneyland trip when we first came to this country. Uh, we we went there, we brought sandwiches, and then we had to walk back out to the parking lot to eat the sandwich, you know, and then, and then come back in because we couldn't afford buying food inside Disneyland. But guess what? I remember that first trip to Disneyland. It wasn't about the food. It was about the family. And it was a, I'm sure it was a very big investment for my aunt, but she decided to do that because she wanted to make sure that we had a great experience growing up. And so, yes, sometimes we will make sacrifice for our family, um, do that. But the, the key thing, I think, for a lot of us to be successful is to invest the right thing in the right project, whether it's our focus, our money, our effort. Whatever it is, that's going to give you the greatest ROI. I love that. And ROI is return on investment. I love I love that. Thank, thank you for yes. saying that. We only have less than a minute in the show. So I'm going to ask you the same question I have asked every guest for the last five years now. Um, if you had 30 seconds to say one thing to the entire world and everyone had to pause and listen, what would your one message to the world be? Leverage and take action. Thank you very much. Emily, I'm going to share your uh, social media and your website and everything in the bio so that anyone that's listening and wants to know more about you, she does amazing coaching. She's got lots of great books. I, I know you're going to be in Vegas in a couple of weeks and I wish I could be there too, <laughs> but I, I hope to run into you again in the future because I just, uh, you're so inspiring and you're, you're smiling. You're just so such a lovely human. So thank you so much for taking this time to share with us today. Well, thank you again for creating the platform and um, allowing us to, to share our story and share our insight um, to all of the younger listeners out there. Start creating your story. I right? love it. So start making it perfect from, from today. Mm-hmm. And um, so that way you're going to enjoy a great life and know that, that you, you count, everything you do count, and um, read some of those books that we talk about because I think it's going to open up your mind and it's going to make you a better person. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us again here at Team Wealth Radio live at five on Voice America. And thanks Voice America again for allowing us to do this show for our fifth year now. Uh, Have a great week, everyone. See you back here same time, same place uh, on Team Wealth Radio on Voice America. Have a great week. Thanks 
for being part of Teen Wealth Radio. Please join your host, Brandy England, her guests, and panel of experts again next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an awesome week, and we'll see you here for the next show. Oh,